0: Tape number seven in our eight-part series, Bringing Good Out of Family Problems, will deal with breaking free as an adult, son, or daughter. For this message, Dr. Hunter has chosen Jeremiah chapter 32, verses 17 and 18, from the New American Standard Version, and it reads as follows. Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heavens and the earth by thy great power and by thine outstretched arm. Nothing is too difficult for thee. showest loving kindness to thousands, but repayest the iniquity of fathers into the bosom of their children after them. O great and mighty God, the Lord of hosts is his name. Now, let's join Dr. Hunter as he continues with our series, Bringing Good Out of Family Problems, for his message he's entitled, Breaking Free as an Adult, Son, or Daughter. While you're sitting down, if you want to turn in your... Bibles to uh, Jeremiah, if you brought your Bibles with you, turn to the 32nd chapter of Jeremiah and I will show you an outrageous scripture. We have been talking about the uh, <clears throat> God bringing good out of limitation. And specifically in the past few weeks we've been talking about the frustrations and the limitations uh, that come in relationships by virtue of the relationships that we have and how God means to bring good out of those. One of the things that I've noticed that is very widespread in this country is a problem with authority. People have a problem with authority over them, but they have even more of a problem, which is a direct result, by the way, of their own sense of authority. We have been given this world by God in which we are to have dominion and to rule. Now, if you want uh, just a sense of that, uh, keep your finger in Jeremiah and turn back to Jer- Genesis chapter 1. Or if you don't want to do that, just let me read it to you. This is the original mandate of God. And it has not changed even though we have sinned and fallen away from God. God's mandate never changed. When he had man and woman in mind, this is what he had them in mind for. And then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Let them rule. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said to them, this is the spoken commandment, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now that's a mandate to have authority, isn't it? But yet when we're growing up, we have a problem with our own sense of authority, partially because we live in a world that is so negative. Partially because we have parents who don't know how to transfer authority to us. Uh, most, of, uh, par- most parents aren't very good at that. We need it. Every major school of psychology has a name for this. Um, Jung used to call it individuation. Maslow called it Um, self-actualization. Erickson called it integration. All of us need to transfer from the time when we're kids to the time when we feel like we are, and this is the colloquial term, feel like grown-ups. Instead, most of us just feel older. We don't feel like grown-ups. We don't feel like we have the authority to take command and to subdue the earth. We feel like we are under false government. Like there are many people in our lives that have power over our lives. And they do us no good. Well, Jeremiah found himself in a situation not unlike that. In the 32nd chapter... Jeremiah, who is a prophet in old Israel, this is about, I think it's uh, about 585 B.C. And uh, Israel is weak. Jerusalem is under siege. Now, the main fighters in this war are the Egyptians and the Chaldeans. Now, the, the Egyptians are the homies. They're the guys that, that the Israelites want to win because they've kind of had a cooperative relationship and, and if the Egyptians win, then the Israelites are going to come out a lot better. But, Jeremiah says sorry guys God tells me the Chaldeans are going to win. Well you can imagine how popular that made him. And so what they did is they arrested him for being a traitor for saying that for speaking that. And here he is under house arrest. Now in the middle of all this because people are trying to get out of the city. They sense the income the, the, the war going on, the, the, the J- Jerusalem's under siege. Of course, they're trying to head for the high hills. And you can't carry land with you, so there's a lot of land going. A lot of land sales, people trying to sell it, that is. Not too much success. But in the old days, when you wanted to sell a piece of land, the relatives had what we call first right of refusal. You had to go to a relative and got to say, Well, do you want to buy this land? I'm trying to sell this land. So here comes Jeremiah's relative. He says, do you want to buy some land? Well, now, who in his right mind would buy land at a time like that? Not only is Jerusalem under siege, but Jeremiah himself has even said that the enemy is going to win because of the sins of the fathers. So the enemy is going to take over this land. And then you know what Jeremiah did? This is bodacious. He said, yeah, I'll buy it. I'll buy that land. In the middle of being imprisoned by false government, in the middle of what looked like he had no control over his own life or over the life of his land, he said, I'll buy it. What a statement about confidence in the sovereignty of God and how God would someday return Jeremiah to a position of authority. That's why it says in verse 15, After I had given the deed of purchase to Baruch, son of Neriah, then I prayed to the Lord, saying, and we sing this, Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heavens and the earth by thy great power. And by thine outstretched arm, nothing is too difficult for thee. Who show us loving kindness to thousands, thousand, but repay us the iniquities of the Father under the bosom of their children. After them, O great and mighty God, the Lord hosts his name. Great in counsel, mighty indeed, whose eyes are open to all the ways of the sons of men. Giving to everyone according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. In other words, he's saying, God, I have confidence. That you, even though there is a temporary false government in my life, I have confidence That you are going to continue to give according to your will, according to your deeds, and according to what you wanted in the first place. Therefore, I have confidence that you are going to restore me to a place of authority over the parcel of land I just bought. Now, let me tell you how that fits us. All of us grow up wanting someone to tell us that we have authority. We can exercise responsibility. We are grown up. Now there's good news and bad news. Kinda of like a story I read in Reader's Digest recently. The young 16 year old girl came in home, first solo trip in the car. That night she comes in, she looks at her parents. They're sitting there sweating bullets the whole night. She says, I got good news and bad news. They gulp. They said, well, give us the good news first. She says, the airbag works. <laughs> well, I'm going, to t- I'm going to give you the good news first because you'll know the bad news as soon as I give you the good news. There is one who will give you authority to have dominion and rule your parcel of the earth. And you can invest yourself in that parcel. And that one is Jesus Christ. The bad news is, if you 've never gotten that permission from people, you probably never will. They are not the source. They are not the ones who will give you ultimately what you 're looking for, and even if they could give it to you, you wouldn 't believe it with full confidence and faith until you heard it from God yourself, anyhow, because the very ones who trying to do their best with us have always looked upon us as children, if we go out to someone else to try to be reparented by another person, to have some other authority figure tell us we got the stuff that it takes to become grown up in this world, there will always be in the back of our mind, ah, but did I just look for someone to agree with me? Were the other ones really right? The ones who said I couldn't do it. Therefore, it has to come from God. And God does it. Jesus Christ does it. He's the one who can restore you to the place of having a sense of authority about managing your life under His guidance and according to His plan. In Gospel of John, first chapter, there's a, there's a curious verse in there that I never understood when I was growing up. The verse is verse 12, where it says, To as many as believed, to them he gave the power to become the children of God. Now, in Greek, the word power is exousia. In some of your versions, it's the right to become the children of God. And it's a cross between right and power. Exousia is designated authority. Because God has it, he can give it to someone else. So therefore, we have the right to exercise our power. But the, the part that didn't click with me was to become the children of God. Who needs power to become children? Well, you know what? Children of God are different than little children. Children of God are like God. They have the qualities of God. They have the the. the, the image of God and they exercise God's plan in the world as God exercises his plan that's a tremendous power that we have when we come to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ we are under bondage until then we are under the world's messages under all of the cut downs we ever had under all of the criticism that ever accumulated in our life we're under that bondage until we come to Jesus Christ And in John 8.32, it says, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall what? Set you free. That's exactly right. John 8.36 says, He who has been set free by Christ is free indeed. Now, we will always have two temptations in our lives, as far as our own authority. The first one is, is to get authority by the world's way, and that is by rebellion. People often think that the the way they get authority in their life is to rebel against authority figures. But I want to tell you, you don't need to do that, and if you are acting in any kind of rebellion, you are under just as much bondage as if you were totally subdued by the false authority in your life. You know why? Because you're still reacting to them. You're reacting in a negative way instead of a positive way, but they are still governing your life. I grew up in the 60s. Everybody rebelled against everybody. And you were just as much of a robot with long hair and sandals smoking dope as you were a junior preppy wearing a tie on a college campus. Because both of them were reacting in a fixed way to authority. Rebellion is no way to gain authority. When Clinton gave his speech the other night, we, I watched it with my boys, and we did not start out with, with Clinton on our mind when, in this presidential election. But that's who God has in office. And the first thing my kid said when he came on, he started talking and he said, ah, you know, I just started giving the stuff. And I, and I, I said, wait a minute. This is our president. You respect your president. You pray for your president. You listen to your president. He is in authority over us. Boy, there was silence in the room. You know why I did that? Because I want my kids to be people of authority. And you can't be a person of authority unless you know how to be under authority. You can't exercise authority unless you are duly submissive to authority. Very important. Secondly, you've got to realize that the feeling of being a grown-up, the sense of being responsible, of having confidence that you know how to run your life, comes in parcels. And you're always tempted to go backwards. You're always tempted to revert To the false authorities in your life. That's what the book of Galatians is all about, by the way. In Galatians 5, you can read that whole, the whole chapter. Paul says, don't go back to circumcision. Because if you go back to circumcision, you've just forfeited the freedom you have in Christ. You submit yourself again to the yoke of slavery. Don't do that. There will be most, many times in our life when we're out there and we are in a position of leadership And we'll want to go back to those old messages of people who told us we couldn't do it again because they sounded so confident and we're always drawn to confident people. And we'll want to say they were right. And we'll want to submit again to what they said was right instead of where Christ is guiding us. Don't do that. You submit yourself again to the, the yoke of slavery and the freedom of Christ does not have its hold in your life anymore when you do that. You stay out there with Christ. Now, you understand, please, as Christians, that when I talk about freedom, when I talk about power, it is always freedom and power for a purpose. Listen to this. A Christian is never free from. A Christian is always free to. It always has a purpose. And the purpose is always servanthood. When Jesus looked at the authority and the way it was in the world, and He said, you know, look at the Gentiles, how they exercise authority, how they lord their authority over people. He looked at His disciples and says, it shall not be with you. You, who would be a leader, have to be a servant. And the greatest leader will be a servant to all. There is a sense in which we have to be very careful about this thing called authority because Satan can take it and pervert it into this need for political power. And that's not who God is. God is a God of quiet power. God gives us the authority of the basin and the towel, not the sword, but its power of the greatest and deepest sense when we serve other people. And there is a sense of when you can serve other people of the confidence that you have in your own life. Now, let me just close with this and then we're going to have a song that is just terrific. It's a, it comes from uh, Les Miserables. Um, Jean Valjean is, uh, is uh, talking about his young son who's about his adopted son who's about to go out and fight a war and he worries about this kid and, and, but he knows he's gotta let him go because that's, that's his thing, see? And so he gives him permission in, the, in this song to, to become a man, but, but ask God to care for him. Let me, let me switch, switch gears here. You may never have gotten permission from any authority figure in your life to grow up or to be a grown up. They may have asked you to grow up all your life for their own convenience. But it's something quite different for, a, for an adult to say, I think you are a grown-up. That is something altogether different. You may never have gotten that. You may need to go to Christ as the only voice who will ever tell you that. But please don't be like that to your children and your grandchildren. Please be a vehicle through which God can speak about responsibility and authority. I had one of those in my life. He was my grandfather. You have heard me tell many stories about my grandfather. When I was little, I was the biggest goof up that ever walked the face of the earth. At least that's what I felt like, and I probably was pretty close to being accurate. My poor parents had to live with me. I just, just, they probably worried about me all the time. I remember going to Michigan. We went to Michigan uh, every every year for our vacation, and and uh, and remember going up on the the lake. And every every year, I just go up and just fall off the dock immediately into the lake. Just the story of my life. Just fell off before they ever got out of the car. I was off the dock in the water. Well, one of the things I loved to do as a little boy was run the motor on the boat. They had you took your own motor, and they had these big old scow wooden boats, you know. Those, and you rented these things, and they were ugly looking, you know. Had water and dead worms in the bottom, but boy, to a boy, they were wonderful. And I can remember going out fishing with my mom and my sister and my dad. And I'd say, "Oh, dad, let me run the motor." And he'd say, "Well, just a minute, son, you know." And he'd get the he'd get the go, the boat going in exactly the right direction, exactly where we wanted to go. And he'd say, "Now, okay, now very carefully, come back." and sit down and put your hand on the handle of the motor. Now, for a kid, that's okay, but it's no great shakes. What a kid wants to do is rev the thing up and just do a couple of these and get the boat going like that. But my dad said, No, oh, no, no, no. See, he lived with me. He knew he knew what was coming. So he'd say, Now Joey, you just keep the the boat pointed right there. See? Well at the same time, many times my Grandparents would go with us, and then rent a different cabin. Families used to go on vacation together. By the way, it used to be pretty neat. And I and my grandfather had a whole different philosophy. He came to me. I remember the first time he ever came to me. He said, "Joey, you want to run the boat?" I'd say, "Yeah, come on, let's go." And Pop act like there's something wrong. Oh, you know, I haven't been feeling the best lately. I don't think I can. I don't think I can probably go out but you just go ahead and take the boat <laughs> man I went out first day up and down in front of those docks over and that boat was go- oh it was great and I came back and pop was sitting there in a the chair how'd you do oh pop it was wonderful he said Joey you know what I'd do if I was still a boy I'd say what He'd say, now this is before every spot on the lake had a house on it. And there were just a couple of resorts, but there were great uncharted areas of forest. He'd say, I'd take one of these boats, see? And I'd go over and I'd put into shore, use an old sailor term, put into shore. And I'd go exploring those woods. Now, he'd say, I'd be awful careful because there's probably bears in those woods and there were this is Michigan he'd say and there's probably wolves and snakes in those woods but I'd go see if I could just explore those woods (gasps) I said man I was in that boat like that heading off every day I'd go explore a different piece of the woods every day I'd come back my grandfather would say, What'd you find out? And I'd bring him stuff, you know? I'd bring him, you know, berries and and you know, animals, and all this kind of stuff I've I found. See? Well, you know what? I've been exploring the world ever since. I've been putting in the shore. Because there was somebody in my life that said, You can do this. You don't need me. You can do it. Could you do that for somebody else? Give them the kind of confidence to take the risk. Pray with me. God, we, it's scary to think that, that you have personally given us the freedom and the confidence in Christ to be responsible at least in our partial land for the running of the world but that's what you've done what's even more scary is that you're asking us to release our children with a sense of confidence and a sense of risk to go out and run their part of the world but God that's what you commanded and that's what they need to do Make us, first of all, confident that you can come in our lives and govern our lives so that we can rule the world according to Christ. If there's anybody here this morning who's never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior but wants to live out the life that he gives, let them right now say, God, I've lived separately from you. I've lived on my own. I don't want to do that anymore. I want you to come in and live in my heart. And make of my life whatever you want it. And for the rest of us, Lord, help us to accept the authority You've given us and help us to transfer it to the kids that need to have it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah die one by one how soon they fly on and on and I am old you stand with me for the benediction. And now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless and with great joy to the one who is able to bring you home to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion and authority before all time, now, and forevermore. Amen. Go in His peace.